You are listening to the Ghostlight Podcast, Season 1, Episode 4, Outrageous Fortune. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Ghostlight Podcast. Uh, I'm your expert, Paul Mackey, and joining me are the newbies. We've got Amy. Hello. And Ben. Hello. And my lovely wife, Darcy. Hello. All right, gang. Well, um, I, you may have noticed we didn't do an episode description at the very beginning. Uh, that's partially because I wanted to give you guys a heads up that we're probably going to need to, after this season is over, we're going to need to implement the, uh, the, the one-minute challenge instead of doing the uh, episode descriptions from online. And uh, the reason that that really came to mind is because the, uh, the, the descriptions online for this season are starting to kind of peter out. Someone did a real good job writing the first three, and then they started to slack off a little bit. Um, by the end of the first season, that was the, you know these these last three are not great, and then there's uh, no more descriptions after that for the next two seasons. So, are we talking about Amazon or Netflix? Because I went for I went to Amazon for this episode, and they do still have fairly detailed descriptions for the episode on Amazon video streaming. Oh, okay. I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've got the I've got the description from IMDb. Oh, okay. That's where I've been going. Okay, somebody on Amazon is still writing them as of Season 1, Episode 4. Yes, well, they are still on here for, for, uh, for IMDb as well through, through the end of the season. So. Oh, okay. Here comes the one that we have for Episode 4 uh, from IMDb. Following his drunken duel, Jeffrey is in jail. Ellen's young biker beau punishes those who offended the honor of her home. Jack and Kate grow closer. Sorry, Jack and Kate grew closer during their night under the stars following the party. And when rehearsal is canceled, and they end with an ellipses. Really? So there you go. Really? <laughs> dot dot dot. That's okay. it. Yes. Got it. All right. Weak. Yeah. <laughs> They're getting bored. They wanted to go home early that night. Apparently, I, I assume <laughs> assume they were doing it from the comfort of their own underwear in their own basement, though. Probably. <laughs> As typically happens. So then they wanted to go home. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That must be it. Um, okay. So in the cold open, a very short cold open, Ellen's domestic workers arrive to the remnants of the chaos at her home. And then we have the uh, opening theme. Right. Well, real quick, I just want to say that every episode I dislike Ellen more and more. Yay! And it is slowly becoming hatred. And this cold open is, you know, a prime example. Well, she's just uh, kind of sitting, having her coffee, and saying, "Okay, guys, uh, go in and uh, and deal." <laughs> right. I, I, I mean, maybe I should have said this when you asked if we had any general uh, comments on this episode. But oh, that's fine. Honestly, like I'm having trouble liking anybody in this episode, particularly, uh, except for maybe Jeffrey and Oliver. Their interactions are pretty good, but for the most part, everybody is kind of annoying me. So I don't know. All right. Okay. <laughs> in Not response so to that, now that you pointed out, you're right. That was pretty horrible of Ellen. But I am, I am feeling that way about Holly for reasons that we will get to when we get to that part of the episode. I do not like Holly anymore. Ellen is kind of not very nice, but I'm still holding out some hope for her, or I'm still interested in her at the very least, because there, at least in the past, was this love triangle thing going on with Jeffrey, Ellen, and Oliver. So that's still interesting to me, but okay, I really don't like Holly now. Right. <laughs> yes, well, we'll be getting to Holly in a little while. 
Um, let's see. So following the uh, opening music, we've got uh, Darren Nichols entering, confronting Anna, and then Richard. Um, he is he is outraged. This is this is an outrage. Hopefully, nobody had that for a quote because I just stole it. Oh well. <laughs> and uh, when Richard comes in, he uh, he tries to placate him and invites him off to breakfast, even despite the fact that uh, Darren had what he called a crueler in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> Is that how you're supposed to say it? Uh, that might be how the Canadians say it, or that might be how Darren says it. I'm you know not what? sure. How do you spell it? Well, it's spelled, I think, traditionally, it's C-R-U-L-L-E-R. Yep, that's right. Okay. So. And I've always well, said cruller. I've always mm-hmm. said cruller, too. And then there's also a debate on what a cruller is. I know that there's East Coast folks who think it's a stick-shaped thing. And then uh, here in the Midwest, it's a, it's a French. It's one of those French donuts that are all real ridgy. Yeah. I always right. kind of figured it was a French word, but... You but, mean a, a curler? Because uh, that's what I've always called them. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's interesting. Maybe and that's just how they call them in the south. What's the uh, what's the what's the West Coast uh, status on crullers? I don't even know. <laughs> I am so totally in- ignorant of oh all this. Oh my gosh! Let me Google image get search that this. Lady, a donut. That's oh, a donut. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah I French just think curler. of all donuts as general donuts. We have a Dunkin' Donuts around here now. Maybe the next time I'm there, I should t- I should look more closely. Well, see, yeah. Dunkin' Donuts is yeah. the center. D- Dunkin' Donuts is the center of the crawler controversy on the East Coast because they did try to discontinue them for a while. Um, and then the you know, and then basically the uh, the the big issue is you know amongst people who have conflict over them is 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 the stick shaped what we call a breakfast dunker I think here in the uh, in the Midwest uh, that's what they're calling it Long John I, I believe thought... that no I'd like a it's more yeah. of a more like an old fashioned donut but in a stick form yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. cake it's not right uh, a donut stick a donut stick donut yeah stick. one of those yeah that's what I call them too <laughs> apparently no, that's how I think of them apparently out east that's a crawler but everywhere else what what sometimes is called a French donut here as well is okay anyways this is a tangent of all tangents on uh, <laughs> hey but it's about donuts and I'm getting really hungry <laughs> yes uh, the, the Weight Watchers is kicking my butt too oh gosh <laughs> I really I hate it today okay uh, so uh, Richard uh, placates him somewhat and takes him off to breakfast. Uh, following that, Frank and Cyril are getting released this morning, and they appear to be the last of the uh, cast to go. Um, but they say they're going to hold Jeffrey for observation. I like I like the cop there. Yeah, the jailer's pretty cool. He I, is I like awesome. Him. He's really awesome. Uh, I wish yeah. I had written down his name and uh, what other but credits school, he's been in. his son in. is going uh, to school to be a buffoon. A buffoon, yeah. indeed. Studying he's studying buffoon. buffoon. The buffoon. Did you say the buffoon? He yeah. said buffoon. Just buffoon. Studying buffoon. Yeah, like studying clown. Yes. Exactly, exactly. Well, we always say we're going to send Iris to clown college. Yeah, she dresses herself <laughs> for it already. She does. We take <laughs> pictures for her portfolio. <laughs> Okay, so clearly after these two scenes, and then and then what uh, what Richard says later. But I mean, after these two scenes, it's clear Richard called and said something because uh, the the cop doesn't directly say it directly. But uh, at, early on, Richard says, "I called the police earlier." And then um, when the cop says, "Someone from the theater had called." when he was talking to Anna. And uh, that is why they're holding Jeffrey for observation. Oh, I thought they were just holding him for observation because he tried to stab someone with a prop sword. Well, I that thought is it the... was just a consequence of him acting like he was insane. Yeah, well, that was, but, the, okay. that was, the, that was the, the root cause and what the cop cites, but he also mentions that someone called from the theater and then he says, is he crazy? Ah, uh, yeah, okay. And Anna has to fess up that, well, uh, sometimes... <laughs> Well, he was at one time, is what she said. That's right. what they do say. 
Okay. Um, then next scene, we've got uh, Jack and Kate have slept by the pond. Jack is not being terribly romantic, but uh, Kate's still down for action and just wants to discuss it over breakfast. <laughs> I have a question. Where are all the mosquitoes? I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot. I, I assume that Ontario has mosquitoes. I know that the uh, bits that are near Minnesota definitely have lots of mosquitoes. So yeah. not sure where the mosquitoes by that duck pond are. They managed to sleep all night without uh, showing any welts. Mm-hmm. Uh, back at the jail, the uh, cop asks Jeffrey whether he's, uh, whether he's at risk of harming himself. And uh, then they confiscate his belt and shoelaces. Except for the big lace up his back. They just leave that for his... For yeah. his I did his not jer- notice that. For his jerkin. Yeah. His, his jerkin has a giant lace up the back uh, that they did not bother to his, check. His jerkin. Yeah, that's what it's that's called. That's what you call that, that is... vest-looking thing, apparently. Exactly. Yes. Gotcha. Not just something you do in prison when you're all alone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, And then Oliver and Jeffrey have some banter, briefly. Uh, Sloane arrives at Ellen's house and sees the aftermath of the chaos while she's on the phone with Basil. Um, Sloane, you know what I noticed is that Basil isn't in this episode. He's yeah. on the phone with a lot of people, but Sean Collin does not make an appearance. Probably had a gig that week. Possibly, mm-hmm. and it's also possibly due to budgetary restrictions. When he when he's needed on screen, they'll 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 get him in and pay for it. But otherwise, they can't necessarily mm-hmm. always. Right. I know that uh, I know that other series that are on the uh, on the quadruple Z network here have, have noticed this about their own shows. Of Veronica Mars had a tendency to uh, to have a main cast that rotated out three or four characters every once. You know, basically they'd, they'd pick three characters and have them on screen that week, and then another week they'd focus on a different three characters and that sort of thing. So even though it was an ensemble cast, they just couldn't afford to have everybody on all the time. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, oh, so anyways, uh, Sloane uh, rejects uh, rejects Ellen sexually uh, for uh, for uh, sportsman reasons. Not sure right. if that's superstition or you know they they always say you know don't don't do anything before the game, don't do anything before the big game, anything, uh, etc. So hmm. I've always it's heard like a that. Bull Durham reference. Yes, indeed. Could be. Um, yeah. So when are we gonna get rid of Sloane? Because uh, he's another one that's annoying me. <laughs> I think the perform- not to be completely pessimistic. <laughs> I think the I think in in my case I don't I'm not sure Sloan himself is okay, but the performer is is occasionally uh, grating. Yeah. yeah, I think that may be it. It's just the I agree the acting style of that guy. Yeah, really, the character isn't isn't so bad. I, I you know you kind of feel sorry for him because you know that in in the end he's just gonna get his heart broken because Ellen is such a big yeah. <laughs> 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 Exactly. She did. She did throw out the uh, the bartender from the uh, from the pilot quite quickly. Yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, Sloane wants her to attend the race tonight, and uh, Ellen reveals in a sort of offhand motion uh, the uh, fact that Jeffrey was responsible for the chaos. Right. Just kind of like at the tail end when she realizes that uh, when she actually kind of pays attention to Sloane for a second and what he's saying, and that she could use him <laughs> for her own advantage. Oh, and by the way, it was Jeffrey. <laughs> kind of a kind of that kind right, of attitude. Right. Did she do that to make a man? Yeah, totally. yeah. I think she uh, she confesses uh, just that to uh, to Jeffrey okay. later on when he questions her on it. Okay. I mean, because well, and Jeffrey kind of does the same thing later too. Yeah, he does pass it down the chain to someone else uh-huh. to get punched in the face. <laughs> but he deserved it. Well, there you go. <laughs> Uh, Jeffrey spends some time in the cell uh, puzzling out whether uh, Oliver is a ghost or a figment. 
I liked that scene a lot. Me yeah, this too. was the scene that I liked as well. This is when I was like, okay, people that I can get behind. Yes, absolutely <laughs> my favorite scene of the episode. I've said before how I really like that aspect of the show a lot. And it was nice to see Jeffrey attempting to sort out his thoughts and assess the situation. It's an interesting insight that he does not want to be insane. Apparently, being once was enough, and he didn't like it and doesn't want to go back to it. Right. So that was a, that's an interesting thing to know and to keep in mind about Jeffrey. I did not know that before. And... Jeffrey and Oliver kind of, sort of, still keep it ambiguous, although they both seem to be leaning toward the explanation that Jeffrey really is, I mean, sorry, that Oliver really is a ghost. They both seem to be leaning strongly in that direction. But again, mostly because the alternative is Jeffrey's being crazy, which he really does not want. So it's kind of still, I still feel it's ambiguous for me, but any whatever is going on, it's really very interesting. Right, and I didn't even realize that it was a debate until this scene happened. I thought it was just, yeah, Jeffrey's crazy. You know, I just, I had already cemented it. I didn't think uh, that ghosts were going to take a play. Although, like I said in a previous episode of our podcast, I mean, it makes sense because Hamlet is such a revolving piece of uh, the plot that they would include ghosts, uh, particularly Mm -hmm. a father ghost or father figure ghost. Yes, that's right. right. We have touched on that before. As well as, you know, just in general, there's there's a lot of superstition around theaters and theater ghosts. I mean, every ghost... Well, every theater seems to have some sort of a ghost. Is at least that's what everybody claims. Yeah, sometimes oh. sometimes the theaters have, the the ghosts have names or uh, or or character names. Really, I think uh, there's a there's a rich tradition of uh, of actors and even techs. Uh, techies, uh, you know, saying, you know, okay, well, it was late at night, and uh, and the uh, the little girl came and was being playful. Yeah, I remember that one. That was creepy. Yeah, but or or I I sat next to the perfume lady, or yeah, yeah, you know, it, it it's you know, it's it's definitely some sort of folk folklore that is uh, passed around, cast to tech to direct everybody. Everybody plays in that game if if that's what you tend to believe. So, even if it's not what you tend to believe, it's sometimes a, a fun pastime. Any in any case, or maybe yeah. it just means it's time to go. It's home. time to go home. Yeah, <laughs> you've been up for twenty five hours, and it's time for you to stop attempting right. to, to Turn use power off tools. The machine and go home. <laughs> You're gonna sew your mm-hmm. finger. <laughs> mm-hmm. Holly arrives uh, and is working on helping Richard spin this all in his favor. And uh, May arrives also a little bit later on in the scene and tries to deal with the fallout by help uh, talking with Richard. Right. And you notice that May only talks to Richard. She never, ever addresses uh, Holly. She pretends, like, it's not even like Holly's in the room. Like, Holly is obviously talking to May, but she never, ever acknowledges her presence. Yeah. Good for May. Well, May, I think mm-hmm. I, I think when May was talking to her about the uh, the painting and everything, she kind of got a a sense that uh, that Holly was ready to say or do anything in order to make sure she advances herself. Right. Um, and uh, it's 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 definitely clear that Richard still has some some inkling of a misgiving about the whole thing. I mean, when 
when Holly says that uh, a crippled Helm- Hamlet will co- help their cause, he really is like, wait a second. Yeah, he's torn. He is torn. I, th- like I, I believe he's torn. Yeah. I think, I think his loyalty to the theater has not completely uh, been compromised, perhaps. Let's hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jack and Kate get together at the restaurant and try to plan themselves some happy fun time. Right. <laughs> Nothing is more exciting than watching two people schedule sex. <laughs> well, there you go. They're, they're in the same play. You'd think they'd have the same schedule. Well, right. But... Like that, like he does say, there is com- you know, there are certain things that are specialized to, to the different people. I mean, Kate, yeah. Kate is understudying a role. Whereas Jack uh-huh. has, you know, major stage, you know, stage combat practice and things like that for scenes that that she has nothing to do with. I see. Okay, I didn't know about the nuances there. So does that mean Kate is Claire's understudy as Ophelia? Did I catch that right? Yes. That- yes. Yeah. That 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 was uh, the previous uh, the previous episode where uh, where uh, Claire came up and pinched Kate hard on the cheeks and said, "I have to pinch my understudy." Oh. Okay. That's right. I remember. Thanks. Uh, so, so yeah, that's uh, that is the, uh, the the status of things. Basically, in a, in a major production like that, there there could be uh, any number of things that specialized characters are going off to do. Uh, that's right. Because you know, you've got, uh, Ophelia might be going off for voice lessons to to, to practice her singing for her, her. I mean, her small amount of singing that she right. does during stage that stage combat. Her stage combat. Some people might have accent training if they're particular. If that's something that's a particular concern. Right. I see. They don't have accent accent tapes. <laughs> That's yes. right. Not not there mm-hmm. they don't. But <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard anybody try to perform Hamlet in the original Danish accent. Uh, <laughs> that would be yeah, that did funky. seem like a rather odd uh, comment. It uh, did seem it did, but it was funny. Anybody ever try heard anyone try to perform Macbeth in a original Scottish accent? I have, and it's it was. Um, the, well, the the guy who was was playing Macbeth himself actually was Scottish, so it wasn't oh, cool. that bad. You know, it was it was oh, a really great. good production actually. So it was at uh, oh. De- Denver Center many many moons ago. So cool. I bring it up because it's a major source of humor in the reduced Shakespeare Company's complete worst of complete works of William Shakespeare abridged show. Oh yeah. So I just was curious. Thanks, Darcy. Uh, and as Jack and Kate are leaving the restaurant, they do hear about the fight on the radio because they, they managed to leave in the previous episode just as uh, Jeffrey and Terry were arriving. Mm-hmm. Yep, with those two wacky uh, morning DJs. Yep. Yeah, because they would say that on the radio. Uh, I, thought, I thought that was weird. Did that strike anybody else as weird? That they- um, it seemed a little off. Uh, okay, it's a little off. You don't usually hear, that, but but then again, you're if you're uh, if your major industry in the town is the theater, and then you have actor gossip. I mean, ga- gossiping about actors in general is a staple of morning radio. Um, right. If all of these people are well known around the town, then then it could could well work that way in this particular town. Mm, I guess so. Yeah. Correct. It didn't seem small town, only industry, and they're all celebrities in town. <laughs> Still not buying it, but okay, that's all right. <laughs> I don't have to. I don't have to buy everything. I'm kind of with you, Darcy. I mean, it, it didn't really hit, uh, you know, authentic. I guess. Right. But I could kind of see what they were doing. Uh, following that little break, Jeffrey flashes back to his moment at the grave. And, yep. uh, yeah, that was odd. That was really cool. Yeah, and then when he leapt in, he came, he came back to reality in the cell. I don't know if you did the same thing, Amy or Darcy, but when the scene came on, did you check to make sure you didn't lose volume? No, I did not. 
Right when it came, that. I don't know. Maybe I maybe my I really did lose volume because right when that came on, all audio dropped out. Yeah, no, it is it is silent. Okay, and then, and then the, like then they, they cut to the, the murmuring of the crowd. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. the, where the crowd is obviously not murmuring. <laughs> exactly. Yes. It was very uh, disconcerting, which I think it was supposed to be, or very jarring. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, when he gets uh, back to the cell, then the uh, the. Uh, Holding officer comes in and says that the the doctor has arrived in the uh, in the building and will be coming to see him shortly. And Jeffrey and Oliver work out some of their issues, uh, looking at the root cause, possibly the root cause of uh, Jeffrey's madness, or or a very large contributing factor that Oliver slept with Ellen during mm-hmm. the uh, early part of the run of that show. Right. That yeah. that was a, I was that was interesting because I didn't think that. Yeah, Oliver... Oliver didn't necessarily swing that way, but apparently it wasn't about sex or love, according okay. to him. All right. But uh, power. Power. So I don't. I yeah. Exactly what that means in detail is not really revealed per se. Other mm-hmm. than he was uh, you know making a power play and mm-hmm. that was his method. A mm. um, couple of funny uh, references in that uh, in that scene. Uh, Jeffrey calls uh, Oliver Topper, which is a, an old series of movies from I believe the 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, and Topper was a ghost, and he was only visible to this. What Billy was it, was it one couple that he was visible to? Oh gosh, I couldn't. Tell. I, I I know that I watched a couple of them back in my youth, and it's been a long time. And then uh, when the when the uh, when the psychiatrist is is going to be shown in right before the psychiatrist is to be shown in, um, Jeffrey does say uh, they're coming to take me away. Ha ha ho ho he. Uh, which, Everybody uh, get that? Which yeah. I, don't know oh, I did. Yeah, I'm not sure if everyone knows the Nap- Napoleon the Fourteenth single from 1966, but uh, 1966. Really? They're coming to take me away. Ha! I would have I would have guessed like 73 or 74 yeah, myself. I could probably sing the whole thing to you if you wanted. Yes, oh. I could too. Big big Doctor Demento. Uh, household mine was uh, yeah the the end of the scene was a little odd because we actually see oliver disappear on uh, camera yeah did that bother you that also kind of was jarring and yeah. not what i was expecting you know it's like it reminded me yeah i don't know if y'all used to watch the flintstones when when they had <laughs> the, the kazoo i know it's <laughs> like right. snap his fingers is gone i'm like they, they stole that from the flintstones yeah. I liked it when they were doing it better, when they were just kind of like, he would turn around and he would be there or not be there. I kind of liked that better than actually seeing him reappear or disappear. You're right. I do like, yeah, it's cooler and more mysterious when he just is suddenly there. The disappearing... the to me personally, I didn't. I did not think of the Great Gazoo first. The first character I thought of was actually Q from Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, yeah. But yeah. but they're both similar positions. It gives the impression of some super, superhumanly powered being rather than just a run of the mill ghost. And hmm. you're right. I yeah yeah. But it's uh, it's it's interesting. I mean, depending on how you choose to interpret the uh, the events, uh, either uh, either Jeffrey is successfully able to suppress, or Oliver has chosen not to bother him for this particular uh, yeah. episode. I mean, basically, uh, he, he, Jeffrey tells him he wants him gone, and he goes. Right. Mm-hmm. This is and this time time. he listens. That's right. This is the first time that this... Jeffrey has said "go away" and Oliver has actually gone away. Yeah. Jeffrey repeatedly told Oliver to shut up and go away during the interview scene, and he didn't. So mm-hmm. that is a very interesting change there. And uh, I mean, it's I suppose it's open to interpretation. Are they getting closer because they're finally discussing their issues out in the open, or is Jeffrey regaining his grip? But you know, it's complete. I, I don't think there's any right answer. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And as luck would have it, the psychiatrist is a big fan, just as uh, Jeffrey was hoping. Uh-huh. Yeah, so more further further fuel to the hypothesis that these people are somewhat locally famous. Yeah. Yeah, right. everyone in town keeps saying we 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 love we love your shows. We we were a big fan. We we saw your, you know, the 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 Mortimer brothers were big on that and the psych was a big yeah. psychiatrist is a big fan so, and Let me ask you guys a question then. Mm-hmm. Does a town like this really exist? I mean, is this what Stratford is really like or I've never been anywhere where theater is the predominant uh, yeah, the, the the predominant culture, cultural yeah. fixation. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure what Stratford is actually like. I'm not sure how big Stratford is really. Uh, I don't know much about Stratford itself, Mm-mm. but uh, I know that inside a theater, there's plenty. I mean, obviously, yes. Yeah, so that's everybody is going to talk the theater gossip and uh, and right. you know, who said what and what who did what, but not so much outside the in the community as much. I mean, it's, it, this is kind of a almost seems like it's more of a reflection of uh, of uh, American and Canadian uh, obsession with celebrity culture. Perhaps mm-hmm. I don't know. I still find I find it hard to believe because you know even I don't know. Some of the smaller towns we've lived in, it's still not. I mean, the 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 big fish in the small pond really aren't that big. Yeah. So. Right, and it's always just theater is a subculture within the yeah, greater. Exactly, Ben. I've never seen it where. And now, granted, in the pilot episode, they did kind of juxtapose that with the hockey game, and I kind of liked that because <laughs> yeah. it. Well, it, it made me feel like it was the town was more realistic or more than one dimensional. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that's maybe this is really how Stratford is, but I mean, I, I can't think of any town where theater is that dominant. I mean, I mean, of course, like the biggest ones are like you know, like New York or or London or whatever. Of course, they're not going to be predominant because they're gigantic metropolises. But right, Although I don't know. I, just I'll... it just struck me as odd. Even like Louisville, where I'm from, there is the Humana Festival, which is like a big, gigantic uh, one act. Like, if you make it in the Humana Festival as a playwright, then you're supposedly on your way to make it really big in the theater community. It's like your Sundance. Right. But in Louisville, believe me, that is a is a small, not small, but a subculture, especially compared to the college basketball team that's in town, you know? <laughs> yes. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not even sure. I mean, I know that there's, you know, certain circles of culture. I suspect, uh, you know, it always seems like the people who are who, are, who act like they're in the know in New York all, all know all of the various actors that are doing Broadway productions. But to some extent, that still reflects American celebrity culture. It's still, still you know, a lot of uh, big names that are coming in that have worked elsewhere on film or television. Right. Well, I'll put it this way. I want to meet a character in this show that doesn't like the theater. Besides Holly. I think, but she's still, I think that she's still wrapped up in that world. I think that she does like theater. If she's really, if she's really producing a a musical like she says she is, that she's got more interest than, than none. Right. I mean, like, you could argue that Richard doesn't like theater just because he doesn't like Shakespeare, but I think that both of them like the uh, performance on stage, a performance on stage. I want to find somebody in this town that just doesn't like it at all. And I, just, I don't know, it just that would give it a little bit more uh, dimension, I guess. Well, I guess the, uh, the uh, maid's husband didn't like <laughs> the theater. As he, he said, yeah. you know, the actors were pigs, and I thought that was pretty funny. But <laughs> Yeah, I did notice there's a lot of um, like actor hatred. I wonder what, like, uh, oh, oh, like real actors. Well, I, I'm for just, real. 
Well, yeah, yeah if you're, I think it's a little, uh, a little to the extreme on on purpose. But I, I just wonder how an actual actor would feel. Act, how actors are represented on this show. I don't know. I think if you talk to uh, your your typical, um, especially anybody who's working on the tech side of things that has to deal with actors, and uh, sometimes even uh, playwrights and directors who have a have a hard time uh, getting the uh, the actors to to do what they're looking for. Right. Um, I think I think a lot of playwrights, especially, maybe have issues with actors that are like, okay, well, this is how I'm going to say it because this is what I feel like the character would say. Right. right. I don't know. I just feel like uh, all actors are a diva joke has been told many, many times so far in the past four episodes. It's it's true, yeah. but it's also it's also um, you know unfortunately you know be and I think I think the, co- the costumers get the worst of it. Okay, I really do. The that and the <laughs> stage managers we really do, and it's because we we work one on one with them, yeah. you know, and it's it's a very close mm-hmm. intimate thing, you know. But I know some actual actors who aren't like that. Yeah, but are they theater actors or are they film actors? That's my question. I know theater actors. Okay. I know theater actors that are, to to my knowledge, not like that and consider the crew just as part of the production as as the actors are. There there are some. I'll be honest. There are some. It just seems like it's very black and white. I I I understand that. I I can see that they do focus on that quite a bit. Um, and yes, there are some very, very nice people out there that are actors and in the theater. Unfortunately, it just takes a couple bad apples to spoil the bunch. Mm. It really mm-hmm. does. It really, um, it really can affect how you feel about everyone. So, uh, so next you have a scene with uh, Holly working, uh, talking to the board, and uh, pretty much uh, shoving that knife directly into May's back with her not being on site for it. Um, and following that, we've got uh, the rehearsals scene. Uh, Frank and Cyril are worrying over the re- repercussions of their arrest as they arrive. Um, <laughs> I just love those. Now, those guys, I love them. Don't don't you guys? They're just awesome. There's nothing. Yeah, they're there. great. Yeah, though. I love them too. They are love. They are the most. Some of the most lovable people on the show. You know, they kind every of are. time. Every time they show up, they're. They've got something funny to say, some funny comment to make, and they're just, we don't, well, they are bit players, but we don't get any, we don't, aside from this apparent criminal record, we don't know of anything bad they've done. Right, and they were probably very young and in love. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, uh, next up is, uh... Claire and Kate talking about Kate and Jack. Yeah. I will pause pause for reaction. <laughs> grumble, uh, grumble, grumble. <laughs> grumble, grumble. Yeah, what she said. Yes. Yeah, uh, I'm ready for Claire to get her own, or to get what's coming to her. Yeah, me too. For, yep, yeah, we get to see, we established in the first episode that Claire is really um, savvy about work working in this world and getting getting ahead by manipulating people and Kate was the innocent one that this scene really shows that right Kate thinks or maybe she's right maybe she's wrong Kate thinks she knows everything about the theater and thinks these are like ironclad immutable laws well, and Claire is where she's at though because she's a niece of somebody right, right. sounds that yes, way yes that was mentioned yeah. So she's she's definitely uh she's definitely well versed in game playing if she's continued to 
to get places. I mean, right. She can, Which, she can rely on on on, on uncle's uh, uncle's position, but she also has to you know continue to work the work the system in ways that she can advance herself. Correct. What she lacks in talent, she can make up with manipulation. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, the following that, uh, there's just a brief scene where Maria apologizes to Ellen about her outburst during the big fight. And uh, Ellen says, no, that's okay, and then sends her off for coffee. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just mention culturally for, uh, for, the, for, for most of us, um, she asks for the coffee as a double-double. Mm-hmm. And that is Toronto speak for two creams, two sugars. As far as I know, it does not extend much beyond Toronto and parts of Ontario, calling it's, it a double-double. Oh, except for in, if you're in Boston, well, it's in Boston, a regular. It's, yeah, in Boston, the same thing is not a double-double. It's called regular. If you ask, <laughs> no, regular. You go, yeah, if you, so if you go into, into, into Dunkin' Donuts, just ask for your coffee and say regular, you'll get it with two creams, two sugars. Interesting. Oh, hmm. around here, if you want, at the... I previously mentioned Dunkin' Donuts around here. You have to ask for cream and sugar if you want them, as far as I know. Yeah, Midwest is black coffee yeah. territory. Yeah, Mid- Midwest yep. is, yeah, black unless you say something. But uh, mm-hmm. out, out out in Boston, if you say regular, you'll get cream and sugar just automatically. Oh. Oh, and uh, and hmm. they have shorthand for it in Toronto as well, called the Double Double. Oh, okay. For somehow, I vaguely remember finding out about the whole Double Double thing before from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I want to say that I've heard website. of it before too. Uh, maybe, probably from a movie or something, Amy. Because I, I, oh yeah, also recollect it from somewhere. Um, now, granted, I didn't get it until Paul just explained it. Uh, I thought when I hear double double, I think of like a double espresso. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the other double is, but <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The first thing I think of is in ca- it's a it means something very very different in California, especially Southern California. Um, there's a specific fast food chain called In and Out Burger, where a oh, double yeah. double is what they call a burger with two patties and two pieces of cheese on it. Okay, there you go. But when but in this scene, I knew they meant coffee with two creams and two sugars. There you right. Go. As soon as I heard it. So then we enter Darren and Richard with security on hand for Darren. <laughs> and uh, after after Darren uh, struggles with going into the theater at all, they go in. And uh, when the cast asks about the security, they all chuckle about it. And then Dar- Darren storms back out again. But did you like Ellen when she asked who those guys were? Did you like her for just one moment? Mm. <laughs> just no, one? I think no? I think Ellen has completely gone off the deep end for me. Oh, okay, she's she's got a, a a lot of climbing back to get any kind of respect. Yeah, okay, <laughs> okay. I liked her for one moment because I totally would have asked that question. <laughs> right. Uh, so next, uh, Sloan attempts to kick Jeffrey's ass, uh, <laughs> but pretty much just starts with his eye, and Jeffrey talks his way out of it. Mm-hmm. And apparently Sloane isn't much on kicking people's asses because he immediately he gives Jeffrey the black eye and then Sloane immediately goes, oh my gosh, my hand. Apparently he didn't realize how much that would hurt yeah. to yeah, punch someone. As, as, as blowhardy as he seems to be, he apparently isn't much with his fists normally. Mm-hmm. Well, that's his throttle hand. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this scene I, I kind of was okay with. I kind of liked the scene, mainly because this really was a Jeffrey episode for me. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. every time he was on camera, I was with it. Yeah. And so, even though Sloane is, uh, the actor is a little bit uh, off, um, this scene kind of worked and gelled, and I like how Jeffrey, um, was able to, I guess, reverse psychology him a little bit, 
and then name drop uh, the other director right there at the end. Right, exactly. To send it on down the line, pay that pay that punch forward. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, my next note just has uh, that Jack and Kate are taking advantage of having no rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't think there's anything of real substance uh, other than uh, Jack did an Arby's commercial once. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. I got that. <laughs> I don't know. That's not of substance either. Then Jeffrey shows up to Ellen's house and apologizes and uh, starts to attempt to mend fences and tells her actually directly about Oliver and seeing and sort of admits. I mean, he basically couches it in Oliver said, Oliver said, Oliver said, but basically admits that he still desires her. Mm-hmm. Um, following which Ellen claims that she might have seen Oliver as well during the dream the pre- previous week. Mm-hmm. Right, now yeah. let me ask you guys a Hamlet question. Okay. Uh, in Hamlet, does Hamlet's mom ever see the ghost of the dad? Thinking. Uh, I'm does anybody other well, than Hamlet Yeah, ever others do, yes. Yeah, all others the, do. All, okay. of the, all of the people who have been standing guard are the people who draw the ghost to Hamlet's attention. Initially, it was just the, uh, just the watch... The watch were the only ones who had seen right. who had seen right. the ghost, and then they brought. Oh brought, yeah, but I'm not sure that um, that the other principals, Gertrude or Ophelia or Claudius. I don't think they do. No, but I am not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> I, I yeah, am. I'm suddenly hazy on the whole thing. I but, know. Uh, I'm trying to remember. But the fact that other people besides, because uh, I do think that they are at least this first season are trying to mirror Hamlet, or or make you know just some. Um, Slight references, just to be fun, I guess. Uh, in which case, uh, Jeffrey is Hamlet, and Oliver is his father, and maybe what's her name? Ellen is Gertrude. Gertrude's the mom, right? Yes. Right. Yep, that's right. And then Gertrude marries uh, Hamlet's uncle, right? Yeah, Claudius. Like, Claudius, yeah. Okay. I don't know who Claudius is. Yeah, that's that's Hamlet's uncle. Well, no, no, I mean, he's I mean, the bad guy. Oh, who Hamlet is in this? Who? In this. who if, oh. if this, if we're pairing up actors, you know, with roles in the play Hamlet. Yeah, good question. Who is yeah. maybe Claudius? Maybe McKinney, probably. Yeah. Maybe Richard. And then maybe, maybe. actually, maybe uh, Holly is Gertrude, and uh, and Richard is Claudius, and then I, well, who's Ophelia? Holly is Claudius. Yeah, I mean, despite yeah, Holly is the is the usurper. Holly right, is right. Claudius. Holly, yeah. okay. Holly would be the Claudius in that situation. Yeah, Ellen would still be the Ophelia, I think. Right, and Ophelia mm-hmm. is Hamlet's girlfriend well, in the play. Slash I don't... wife. Well, do yeah. they, okay. Are they already married? or do betrothed. I know they're, they're love interests. Oh, they're betrothed. betrothed. Okay. And then she's okay. in her wedding garb well, when she go. jumps into the river. Pond. Okay. But, yeah. I know right, so you're avoiding finishing that sentence. All five principles, right? Yeah, and I, I think some people are, are kind of hybridized in their role or whatever, I mean, if you're going to make the analogy, but it works out fairly well. Yeah. Right. And the genders are switched for Claudius and uh, right. Gertrude. Mm-hmm. Well done, though. Very good. Very good. Um, Jack and Kate have uh, wrapped up their activities, and Kate is looking at some of the scripts that Jack is working on reviewing for uh, future projects. Um, and Kate talks about what Claire said. And starts to really kind of overthink things probably a little bit and uh, and ends up having to leave because she needs to work things out uh, in her head before going onward. Yeah, I like I got... this scene. Oh, go ahead, Amy. Oh, she was so conflicted. She was wondering, oh, my gosh, is Claire right? Am, am I really sleeping with this guy just to get ahead and become a star? Or but but I But we actually felt a connection. I'm sure of it. You can just see how conflicted Kate feels, and it was a good dramatic moment. Good piece of character drama there. 
And I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, she she says it for a little bit there, but I think she didn't really mean it. I think she's more, she is still more concerned about perceptions. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. I, I yeah. don't. I don't think she's she entertains the idea very long that she is doing this because she's a you know a star star fucker or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, someone who term. wants to get ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I got a face face that you couldn't hear on this side. <laughs> <laughs> You do, you don't curse often, and it it does always uh it's always abrupt. Well, there you go. I hate to go off onto a tangent, but this uh, this that Darcy's comment you don't curse very often should not have surprised me, but it does because the first sixty seconds of the deadpan cursing is allowed, no restrictions. Oh, really? So, oh. and the characters not Paul. I realize there's it's not the same thing, but not Paul himself, but the characters <laughs> in really big, really things, big things curse <laughs> all the time. Yeah, just a, just a little bit no, here and but, there. But you know, day to day living with Paul, Paul does not curse nearly as much as someone else in the household. Uh, Fox, there's, there's yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, actually, Fox is like the police. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah, he's like mom. There's also really? a fairly foul, foul, mar- foul mouth mar- marmot that sort of sounded a bit like me. I may have been. <laughs> Speaking marmot. through the yes, the foul mouth marmot. Oh, is that your alter ego, really? No, not exactly. He was, he was he was sent, he was sending someone out on a on a murder mission. Oh, okay, we we digress anyway. <laughs> yep, we digress. Um, yeah, so I mean, basically, I, I, to some extent, I I think she might say she might have said it somewhat in in a sort of almost a spiteful manner for a little tiny bit, but I think what she really is concerned about is is you know is everybody else going to think this? Is this exactly what's going to happen? Maybe I don't know. I think it, I think she's still conflicted. Personally, definitely conflicted. Because that's one of those things. You know, I I kind of got the the feeling also. That, you know, she's a good girl, and that's not exactly how you know she she wanted things to happen. So there you yeah. go. So uh, I mean, I think this this scene's probably included here. But like in the in the final act of this uh, show, things really start to ramp up. I mean, you've got. Uh, you know, Kate having doubts about things, and now now things really start moving. The next scene, uh, Jeffrey arrives at the festival, uh, promptly fires Darren. And, I kind of uh, like that scene because they mm-hmm. seem to be on the same uh, page, on the same yes. level. Yeah, they seem to be they almost are. friends, even though they're they, not. But you know, yeah. it seemed like they still had a good camaraderie between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Right? They, they hate each other, but they both know um, Darren doesn't want to be there. Richard knows, or Jeffrey, whoever it was. Yeah, Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeffrey knows. Is it Jeffrey? Jeffrey yeah. knows Darren doesn't want to be there, so they both want the same thing. Right. And it really comes through in that scene. <laughs> right. Funny. And I, I think it gave their relationship a little bit more depth, like that we could see that there was a history behind them. And under different circumstances, they may have been friends. I don't know. I just, I kind of, I kind of, I really like that scene a lot. Because it also made Darren not seem quite <laughs> like an asshole. So Darren uh, takes the firing pretty well, gathers up his Bosch, uh, Bosch poster and uh, <laughs> and uh, moves out. He didn't really seem to have many uh, personal effects in his office. He wasn't very committed. No. Mm-hmm. And after Darren leaves, uh, Sloan takes care of uh, putting him down on the pavement. <laughs> <laughs> I like that part. That was a funny moment. <laughs> yes. Especially paired with the earlier uh, earlier thing. You know, as soon as Sloan says mm-hmm. Darren Nichols, you know, okay, here's yeah, here it comes. <laughs> Uh, May tries to talk to Richard about Holly. Um, Jeffrey comes in and announces that he's uh, fired 
Darren and is taking over, and um, Richard doesn't take that real well, uh, and May May even doesn't really think it's a, a great thing. Um, and as uh, as uh, Jeffrey and May leave, Richard calls Holly, and Holly seems to be lapping it up. It seems to be great great news to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, May tells Jeffrey about her fears that something is coming, that things are happening. Um, and when Anna talks to her, says, you know, I would have thought you'd be at the board meeting. So May is luckily, somewhat luckily able to uh, make it up to that. Yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey announces the changes uh, that uh, Darren is out and Jeffrey is into the cast. I liked that scene. Yay, Jeffrey, and yay, Richard. <laughs> yeah. Good get, for them. We get a, we get a, a, re, a re-mentioning of his uh, snap thread metaphor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then oh, they, yeah. and then they launch right into rehearsal. That was, that was good. I did like that scene as well. And I when, that. when was the uh, snap thread metaphor used before? That was the, uh, the, the pilot right at the beginning when he at was... At his other... At the other theater. Interesting. So he's oh. retelling stories. Sure, sure. Just like uh, <laughs> just like Oliver, Oliver was retelling stories, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he really is down to business. He pretty much gives the cast uh, a minute or or so to uh, absorb that uh, that Darren is gone, and then jumps right into let's do a, do a a, a read through, mm-hmm. a free a free read, I believe, is what he called. Yep, dance, walk, sit, stand, walk, dance, levitate. Kind of jumping in with an early quote, but I like that, and I really <laughs> like that. Is I would love that, and I think that is the best approach to reading through a script. Let people stand or sit or walk around, even maybe even practice their movement and blocking if they feel so inclined. And do whatever they want. I I am I enthusiastically support this method. If I mean, if I were an actor, I would love the opportunity to do that. It lets you not just, it gives you a chance to not only read lines, but to express yourself. Yeah, you not can ex- by through your movement, not just through the way you read the lines. Yeah, Go ahead, can, Paul. You, yeah, you can, you can get, you can get the, that sense of your, your sense of your lines are working and l- learning and memorizing. You're, you're learning other people's timing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. starting to get that down. It's a, it's, I believe that in many productions. Um, while there is blocking starting to be introduced as you rehearse it, in many productions, you do, you do start with you I mean you start with the table read at the very beginning, but then after that you do a lot of just uh, running lines and, and starting to work in the blocking. As far as I understand things, yeah, usually they. I mean, it depends on the director, but usually they um, have you know just kind of the basics of it at least drawn out. Um, that's generally speaking, you know, there are some some directors out there that are organic. Yeah. But that I've I've actually that was I was actually probably one of the worst experiences I had was uh, um, it was that guy in uh, Nebraska. Mm. She, I I'm not going to say his name, but at any rate, he he who tried to do it organically and it just it was horrible. You know, nothing. I mean, no no blocking and yeah. Yeah, they, he he. You know, I mean, they wrote it down after the fact. Oh, okay. But really, honestly, it was just like a lot of it didn't make sense, and people weren't where they needed to be, and it it's was got to be hell to light for. It was really hard, actually. Uh, that was it was the mm-hmm. lighting designer's thesis project too, and oh. she was. This, oh my god! This is a disaster. And then you know, in her actual thesis that she wrote, I mean, she just wrote about what a horrible experience it was. It was like. Well, at least you had a lot to write about. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, not to light a play. 
Well, well she, they, they, she had to light it, but basically the way that they uh, the way they did their blocking was everybody did what they were going to do, oh. and then they sort of wrote it down as being this is what the blocking will be later on. Oh, okay, right? Because it, it wasn't. Was, it, it was supposed to be a collaborative thing, and I see it. It doesn't. It doesn't work generally speaking. It's a little bit too broad of a collaboration. Normally, you should have a, a director that's got at, at least a page of paper, if not a little model, and can say, okay, here's, here's you know, you speak with the lighting designer and plan it out and say, okay, here's here's where I want this scene to happen, so we're going to need a special here. Right. Um, you know, it doesn't, necessar- it doesn't necessarily have to be down to the down to a T, here's, here's where everyone, exactly where everyone is going to be, but you, you do right. at least uh, start to plan it out ahead of time. Uh, a lot of a lot of directors use mm-hmm. those little Lego guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah minifigures. It's awesome. That is awesome. I know. That makes sense. I'd love a Richard. Yeah. The, I'd love a Richard, Richard the Third Lego minifigure. That's oh, no, no. You just use, you use Harry Potter and stick something oh, to his back. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. that's good. Um, next, oh, wait, uh, that is what we just did, um, and that's just what we did. Oh wait, we're, we're, yeah, we're right near the end. Okay, so they uh, they launched their rehearsal. Um, Holly is at the meeting, and May is at the meeting, and Holly is viciously coming after May, not letting her speak, announcing that there is a, a new executive director position that Richard will be in charge of that can do anything that he wants except for uh, if the board says no. And, oh, so uh, they created a new position. Yes. Right. I thought that basically she was saying that uh, Richard now has May's position, but I guess she wouldn't have the actual power to do that, or the board wouldn't have the actual power to do that. No. Yeah, the board pretty much I mean, it's, created it's, a new it's, role. It sounds like with, with Holly's strong encouragement, they, they created a new role that basically wouldn't quite supersede May, but would be real close. I mean, May is still in charge of the board, in theory, although right. Holly's, mm-hmm. definitely, Holly's right. definitely trying to work on that as well, by clearly. Okay, yeah. now here's a question. In this scene, as May starts to have issues, I and I didn't catch it the first time or the second time, but I was looking, is there any time that Holly could have poisoned May? Hmm. Curious. Um, yeah, I don't know. I know that I know that. Or, Anna, or is Anna the water, water that Anna gave her? Could it have possibly been poisoned? Is it, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just it was a thought I had. It's not. It's not an invalid thought. But my personal interpretation was she was so upset it in. Her induced a heart out. attack. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that's possible. But, but I like this theory about the poison because, yeah, again, that's sure, a Hamlet not? reference, right? Right. Oh, my gonk. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. It is. But no, I don't. I can't think of any time when Holly got her, like, tea or something, at least in this episode. Right. Mm. And uh, the episode closes with May collapsed no, on the wait, chair. No, wait, that's wrong. At the beginning of that boardroom scene, Holly brings her a glass of water. But Holly also drinks the water, doesn't she? I I'd have to rewatch it, but yeah. I do. I did take note because she was flabbergasted and had to get water when she was talking to Jeffrey. And then when she's in the boardroom, she gets another because I knew that you know her heart was about to give out. They, like they were foreshadowing that something was about to happen. Right. Uh, but yeah. I don't know, maybe. Hard to say. Yeah. All right. Well, with Meg keeled over on the chair, that concludes the recap of this episode. 
Um, so Holly is definitely putting her plans in motion, and it sounded from what she was talking about in her uh, love scene slash meeting with Richard that uh, that she's got big plans for the, what's going to happen with the festival in the town, and it sounds like she needs full power to do it, and she's going to use R- Richard as her puppet. I mean, that's all very clear, right? right. Yes, mm-hmm. completely clear. This scene was the scene where, oh, wow, she is more unscrupulous than I thought. And she is more of a villain than I thought. Right. So, wow, she's really got everything and will got everything planned out and will do whatever it takes to get there. So this was a really, I was shocked at this scene. And what a dramatic place to end the episode at. Yes. Okay, so on to feedback. This is from Heidi. Hello, everyone. I was very surprised that Jeffrey told Ellen about seeing Oliver. Jeffrey firing Darren was great. I hope Holly hasn't killed May. I like her. May, not Holly. Well, this one will be a short one, and I'll try to write about episode five before you record. Heidi. All right, uh, this week we have a voicemail from Stephanie, and I'm going to play that now. Hello, Ghostlight Podcast. This is Stephanie. I'm calling about episode four. I just want to tell you that you guys are doing a great job. I love hearing the different perspectives I like hearing, uh, you know, from Amy, a, a writer, hearing about the show, how, uh, you know, what she thinks about it. And I like hearing Darcy's um, experience, you know, behind the scenes, you know, in theater and Paul with production and everything and being with his, uh, you know, just a general television, you know, television viewer. You can tell that he is very uh, knowledgeable in television and movies and everything. And I like hearing, you know, just the different perspectives. You guys are doing great. And um, episode four, it was really good that we finally got, Jeffrey and Ellen got it all out into the open. And uh, uh, I I guess after Jeffrey's time in jail and uh, being alone with Oliver's ghost, that is, he's got got his act together. And I, I guess Oliver's ghost is going to help him get through this production and I hate to see Darren leave. Hopefully he won't go to Berlin. Hopefully he'll stay. He's hilarious. Um oh I could just kill Claire. I hate her. And um Kate and Jack. They're just adorable. Um and poor Kate. She's afraid she's the company slut. Poor thing. Um I think that's all I have. Um, um, all right. Talk to you next time. Bye. All right. Thank you, Stephanie, for the voicemail. Yep. Thanks, that's Steph. what that was awesome. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. think, I think she's on the same page with us on a, a lot of uh, relationships and, uh, mm-hmm. and characters. I, I do think that uh, she did bring up an interesting uh, approach, I guess, and that's the fact that she is kind of sad to see Darren leave. And when she said it, I kind of agree with her. I, I kind of like his antics because they're funny, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, he is supposed to make your skin crawl a little bit. And uh, I think he's a good comic relief character. And I think, unfortunately, I think that he is going to go to Berlin and that'll be the end of him. Uh, at least for this season. He may come back later when they do a production of something else. What do you guys I, think about Darren? I agree. I will not miss him at all. No offense to Stephanie or anything, but I agree that we 
we don't like him very much, and I'm definitely not going to miss him. He no. says since he's an outsider to this little group, mm-hmm. he was brought in from another company. And right. as much, even though, even if he is funny, a lot of people in this show are. Pretty much everyone gets at least one moment to be funny at some point or another. Right. Um, oh, he's kind of the guy you love to hate. Yeah, that's there true. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, some of the other characters are definitely people that you just hate. Yeah. <laughs> some right. you just hate, but that guy you love to hate him. Right. And, and it's also, also kind of. Oh, go ahead, Amy. Uh, no, you go on. You were going to elaborate on. Uh, no, I was just going to. Uh, no, I was done with Darren. I was just going to say that it was kind of interesting to hear her comment on the four of us and our different personalities. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I, I like yes. that we. I like we have listeners that are paying attention. I want to. Yeah. Listening. Yeah, listening. <laughs> Excellent. And right. appreciate and Somebody appreciate what there. we're saying. That is wonderful. And also, I really liked that the prediction. I'm so glad, Stephanie. I'm so glad you're enjoying the show. I also liked your prediction about Oliver's ghost helping Pr- Jeffrey with the production. That is one of the storylines that I'm most l- interested in seeing how that progresses. So, and I like that prediction. Yes. Well, Jeffrey does have a a ways to go and. He's down two weeks of rehearsal time, so right. Yep. I don't. They they don't really specify how long the rehearsal for this production is, but that that's it's uh, clear that's not good. They're usually six to eight weeks, so yeah, that is not good. Yeah, that's also, a go ahead. I was just gonna say. Also, uh, I I agree with Stephanie on her uh, despisal of Claire. Although I really don't care about Jack and Kate. Uh, ah, I just realized Jack and Kate like from Lost. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't really care one way or the other. I'm glad that someone finds them cute. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I do. I think it's sweet. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I don't know what that shoe is or where it's coming from or whose shoe it is, but I'm waiting. I'm just not really interested. Okay. <laughs> I'd rather hear more about Jeffrey and Oliver. See, I, maybe that's, you know, the writers are writing for, for right. both. Right, that's not written for me. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, Sloan, Sloan's there for me, so it's all good. And <laughs> the cat, not not just the writing, but also the casting. We we mentioned in the first episode, it's Rachel McAdams. She's known for being in these romantic comedy chick flick things. Yeah. Right. So she's totally playing two type in this show. Yes. That's the type of character she always plays. So I'm going, oh, how sweet over here, because I am the target audience for that kind of entertainment. Sure thing. <laughs> well, should we uh, move on to quotes? Yes. Sure. All right. <laughs> Let's, uh, unless, uh, someone's, unless someone's got a one that they absolutely must have for themselves, um, we can... I only um, wrote down one. Okay, uh, let's let's have Darcy go first because she only has yep. one quote. I was I was like I, I probably could have picked out a couple, but it, it was I, I I've had a crazy week, so um, it was from my favorite scene, of course, and it was uh, it was Oliver says that's not a good position for prison, darling. <laughs> <laughs> I just that just cracked me up. That was so funny. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, Amy, would you like to go next? Sure. Uh, to Segway from what we were talking about, the loss of rehearsal time, here's one of my favorite quotes. Um, Jeffrey's talking to May, I believe. He says, A rough ride, 
Nay, we've lost two weeks of rehearsal, the new director is a certified madman, and the Hamlet is an action figure. It's going to be a goddamn death march. <laughs> that's a pretty That sums it harsh. up. That yep, sums it that up. sums it up really well. And yet, we we saw in the table read scene, Jack actually did a good job. So I believe that was what happened. So I cannot wait to see how he actually performs on stage as Hamlet. I'm I'm looking forward to I'm optimistic about Jack turning out to prove a Jeffrey wrong and right. be more than just a cool action figure movie star dude. But it always takes a really good actor to play a bad actor, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> there you go. Mm. Mm. Uh, one of the quotes that I picked up on was uh, Richard talking to Darren after uh, Darren confessed that he cried, uh, and Richard says, well, everyone cries when they're stabbed. There's no shame in that. <laughs> Which... I just thought it was kind of funny because, you know, how often are we stabbed? <laughs> yeah, there you go. And then one of the uh, radio announcers' uh, description of Jeffrey Tam- Tennant, Jeffrey Tennant, yes, uh, was a huh, a bit of a nut bar, which <laughs> yeah. just that that weird little, you know, that fits so well into that. Uh, morning dj and the fact that i was already kind of off kiltered by that whole scene uh that particular line did kind of shine out to me oh and uh one one more thing from uh from the uh just overlapping from the feedback segment was that uh stephanie uh today posted in the facebook group that um she posted uh, an article about a different tenant playing hamlet mm-hmm. and uh david tenant david tenant playing hamlet in the uh, mm-hmm. and the skull scene mm-hmm. so thank you for very much for that as well steph um okay i've got a quote uh it's a longer one this is uh Jeffrey to the cast. Darren Nichols is gone. He has been sent packing. You will no longer see him or his postmodern pseudo-Brechtian leather-clad schoolboy buggery of a production design again. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. Me too. And does anybody have any secondary quotes? I do. Okay. (laughs) There's a a moment that made me giggle. In the scene toward the beginning with the police officer, detective guy, he says, Mm. I know what you actors are like. And Ellen says, oh, let's not get ugly. Yes. (laughs) And then Jeffrey's jibe against Sloane. I like him. He's going to make a fine man one of these days. Yeah, right. (laughs) And did you notice when Jeffrey was muttering? He's like walking through the halls going into rehearsal. He's muttering something. Yeah, yeah. And it took... You didn't. I took me a little bit to ke- figure out what it was, but it's the "what a piece of work is man" speech. Okay. 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 I tried to figure it out too, and I mm. didn't didn't put much effort into figuring it out. But there it is. Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. Then the, my other, my one other favorite quote that I have on here is, "Man, it's amazing we didn't screw last night." <laughs> <laughs> and that was uh, that was another situation with the score being you know spot on. They uh, had the score playing along, happy carefree and then suddenly when he says that silence hmm. that was pretty funny um if anyone no if no one has any more quotes we should move on to rate mm-hmm. okay all right uh amy would you like to give your rating sure it was pretty dramatic and some of it was kind of hard to watch but i went with for this episode i decided to go with six out of ten paintings by hitler somebody <laughs> mentioned it in dialogue <laughs> yeah. nice like, uh, I'm going to give it um, 
because I really did was kind of just annoyed by a lot of people in this episode. So I am going to go a little low. I'm going to give it four out of ten inopportune fellatios. <laughs> <laughs> you win, Ben. You win. That was, that was, that was third on my list of possible ratings. Oh, my got God, a, it is. Got Look, others. it's in the notes. That's funny. Yeah, I almost used it as a quote, but I decided I'd rather use it as my rating. <laughs> Yeah, me too. <laughs> and then uh, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I enjoyed this one. Um, boy, it, it was, it was good, but I don't know. I'm still missing something. So, and I, it's, it's hard to place what, what I'm not getting from this that I feel like I should be. But um, so I am going to um, give it uh, seven double doubles. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have a question for you real quick, Darcy. Yeah. Do you feel like you're not you're missing something from the show as a whole or from this particular episode? You know, it's it's from this particular episode. You know, cuz right. there there have been some some episodes where it's just like, "Oh my gosh, this is just absolutely exactly spot on. I totally relate. I totally get this." This one eh. Yeah, I felt like this one was definitely off compared to the other ones. And I think it has to do not only with the fact that some of the characters are annoying, but also uh, Sloane's acting ability, the uh, the off-kilteredness of that morning DJ kind of threw me off. I mean, there's just subtle things that kind of jarred me a little bit. Yeah, so it, I agree. It was you. hard for me to hold on to the episode as a whole, I guess, and ride with it. Right. You know, I think, you know, it's, it's about suspension of... Uh, belief and that sort of thing and it, it's i'm having a hard time at times and you think that i don't know you think yeah you there, no there was a lot job. of that uh, uh there were a lot of elements that took you out of it right so i mean anytime jeffrey was on the screen then i was being brought back in so i agree with that too this was a very strong episode for him I think. and i i really feel uh the actress even though i'm not particularly fond of her, uh, Holly's character, but I think she's doing a really awesome job at you know, Oh, yeah, it's playing a bitch. So, sure. She's doing a good job. Well, for my rating, I, I, I agree. I think it's got, a, I think it's got some... Uh, I felt like the pacing was, was a little bit odd because it really... It goes through two acts at a, at a kind of meandering pace, and then the, the last act is where it's just all suddenly ramped up. Um, so it definitely... The, I, th- I think the pacing was a little, int- a little odd. You know, I think... Uh, it could have moved along a little brisker during the first two acts or so. Um, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 broken pig bottoms. <laughs> that was their pig, Paul. Their pig. That was their pig. They bought that in, in Barry. their home. They bought that in Barry. In Barry. Don't forget that. Yes. All right. <laughs> Hey guys, I've got your assignment for next week. What Sweet. is it? Your assignment to, for next week is to watch episode five, A Mirror Up to Nature. Okay. Are we mm. doing the one minute thing this time or no? Uh, no, I think we'll, 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 we'll continue along with the IMD de- de- uh, descriptions and uh, such as they are and, and we will uh, go through this season. So does a mirror into nature register as a Shakespearean reference to anybody? It sounds like a Star Trek episode to me. <laughs> yeah, it does. It sounds like a original series, like when they go to the mirror universe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it does sound like a, a title of a mirror universe episode. Right. A lot of a lot of mirror of ex, apart from that one, a lot of episodes of the original series were named after Shakespeare quotes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Well, I have a I have a feeling it's probably a quote. I, I assure you, I will look it up where the. Uh, for the beginning of the next episode. Uh, we don't need to do it now. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, myself. All right. Well, that's what we thought, and I hope that you will tell us what you think, listeners. Uh, you can get to the show several ways. Uh, you can find our posts at quadruplez.com. Uh, there's also Facebook, of course, the Facebook group. Look for Ghostlight Podcast. Um, our email address is theghostlightpodcast at gmail.com. Twitter, we are at GhostlightPC, and our voicemail line that Stephanie used this week is 206-202-6378. And with that, I'll see you guys uh, next time. Uh, this is Bye from Paul. Bye. Bye from Dars. Bye from Amy. Ciao. Claudius twice. Before he stabbed him with the sword and forced the wine between his lips, he cried, the rest is silence, and cashed in all his chips. They fired a volley over him that shook the topmost rafter, and Fort and Brass knee deep in veins of happily ever after. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Here. Yep, I can. Can you, can you hear, hear us? us? Yeah, all right. Uh, Fast one, too. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, I got you now. Yay! Are, are we all ready to start pretty much? Yes. I mean, right, go, I think so. right off the bat? Yep. Okay. Make it quick. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Oh, okay. You should, uh, you're saying that wrong. It should be sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Hamlet, Hamlet, oh so gory. Hamlet, Hamlet, end of story. Hamlet, Hamlet, I'm away. Should read the bloody play. But she never even addresses Ben, you've you've gone Cylon on us. Yeah, oh, I'm not I, silent. Just very... si- Cylon. Oh, Cylon. Yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> silent. <laughs>